You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Yatsen, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul here on the Soul to Soul Network on the Fabringen Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. Thank you for joining us. We're back, been away for a few weeks, off the show rather, and it's incredible to be here on this wonderful day. Please God, a day of sunshine and blessing and goodness for all of us. Uh, may Hashem's blessings shower on all of us individually, on this country and on the world. And... Earlier today, I was on with Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and we spoke about fake news, and I just want to thank Sue for the incredible opportunity. And today, we want to move to a topic which connects to what's going on in our world today, um, but is most importantly, it's personal, and that is the gift of being authentic, being true to oneself. And what we want to do is just explore the journey of authenticity. What does it mean for a person to be authentic to themselves? Is it a good thing? Is it not a good thing? How authentic should a person be? Would love to hear your thoughts here on 101.9 Chai FM. You can email us on here at chaifm.com, SMS 34519, or tweet at Chai FM. And WhatsApp number is 0621482374. Now, as every week, it's the only way to get into the topic is through music. And we chose today some beautiful music from David Gabay, Bircha Savinu. It's the blessings of my father should continue onto the children. It's a beautiful melody which is sung on Saturday night, Motzei Shabbat, by David Gabay. And listen, take it in. Whether you understand the words or not, it's the melody that counts. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, it is great to be here. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul, and we today are talking about authenticity. It's something that we hope that in our country we can find it, in our collective humanity we can find it. But let's talk about it. It's a word that we use very often, and it's often used in various circumstances. That person's authentic. That person's not authentic. What does it mean to be authentic? And is it a good thing? So I want to start with an interesting Hasidic tale. Um, the story's told about the great sage, Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, who lived about 200 years ago, who was writing a letter, and he was writing to his students, and he was talking about um, the best way to live and kindness and forgiveness, etc. And at some stage, he, he had a deliberation whether to add into that letter the demand for absolute truth, a word, emes, truth. And he chose to insert it. And the tradition in the community in his, in his, by his students was that had he taken out the word, he would have attracted tens of thousands of more students to his way of life. But he demanded tremendous authenticity, which scared people away. That means... There are many true paths in life. But absolute truth, absolute authenticity with oneself, no bluff, no fooling oneself, no dishonesty is a trait that many of us struggle to embrace. And there are many paths of life, and many paths of life will choose a certain amount of you know, fooling oneself so that people will do the right thing. Rabbi Zalman felt very much that 
being authentic is a service on itself. It's a way to serve God. That means to, to, to search for absolute truth. And I'll give you an example. There are many reasons why a person could serve God. The person could say that the reason they're serving God is because they want to get a portion of paradise. They want to get a world to come. They want to get um, blessings. They want to have nachas from their kids. That means that their kids should make them, you know, be successful and give them pleasure in the way of life that they follow, etc. And each of those things are true. A person who does the right thing will get all those blessings. But what happens when a person chooses to not focus on the thing and just do it because it's the right thing? Not to study in order to become great, not to do the right thing to get paradise, but to do the right thing because it's right. That's very difficult. And I'll tell you why. Because we're human beings, and human beings are naturally selfish. And the best way to convince ourselves to go against our nature is by telling us we're going to get a reward. That if we do X, we're going to get Y. That resonates with us. But if we just say do the right thing because it's right, chase truth for the truth itself, chase goodness for goodness sake, that is a difficult and very, very challenging road. But that is authenticity. The ability to do things for reasons bigger than who we are. To not think in expedience and say, what's good for me today? What's the right thing for me today? You know, many people, when they enter positions of power, um, often have idealistic dreams and even selfish dreams. You want to build a career and in, in any way, whether it's political, whether it's entering the clergy, whether it is... Um, getting a promotion in a business, etc. Very often we're doing it because of idealism, but also we're doing it because we want to advance ourselves and we want to move on and we want to make an impact. But at some stage in leadership, if we cannot embrace that this is so much bigger than us, if we cannot realize that leadership is about serving the people, not us, and we have to put ourselves aside for the sake of the other, then we lose the gift we lose the the blessing of leadership. I'll be honest. When I joined the rabbinate, there were parts of me that wanted to, to promote myself and to, to advance in life, etc. And slowly but surely, once you enter the clergy, you get beaten up um, and you realize that you're there to serve. You're there to serve. Like the Talmud says regarding somebody who takes a position of leadership, I'm not giving you a position. I'm not giving you honor. I'm giving you service. To be authentic, first and foremost, is to think beyond ourselves. And that's a tremendously difficult trait because it's against our nature. We are human beings, and we love to self-persevere. We have this animal within us that wants to survive. Call it survival of the fittest, call it whatever you want. There's this part of us that wants to put ourselves out there. We want to create a legacy, and we want to be important, and we want to be known, and we want people talking nice things about us, and we want to be famous, and we want to make an impact, and we want to, whatever it is, we want to make money. And at some stage, we have to slowly but surely transform our natural tendency for ego and be willing to be bigger than that, which is the greatest challenge of life, to be smarter than our own ego, to outsmart 
and connive, out-connive our conniving ego. To be for others rather than for ourselves, To be for God rather than chase our own ego. And there's no question that time and time again, those who serve a higher purpose in the long term accomplish so much more. But those who serve the, their expedient self and ask themselves, what's good for me today? What's comfortable for me today? What is going to work for me? They lose. We're cl- getting closer to Rosh Hashanah, believe it or not. Six weeks. Six weeks from to Mara night. It's that time of the year that we ask ourselves, are we authentic? Here is some beautiful music from South Africa's favorite singer, Yaakov Shweki, and my favorite song from Yaakov Shweki, Mim Komcha. P- personally, I would love for Schulz to start singing it. We still sing the Kalbach Mim Komcha on the Shabbos morning. Listen to the song and maybe approach your chazan and ask him to start singing it, because this is one of the most beautiful Shweki songs. Mim Komcha here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul here on Soul to Soul. Today we're talking about authenticity. 062 is our WhatsApp number, 062-148-2374. Email on air at chaifm.com, SMS 34519. We hope you enjoyed that music. That was some beautiful music from Yaakov Shweki. And please go more music later on in the show. So let's get into it. The music is there. We set the tone. Hopefully you're feeling good. The weather today is beautiful here in Johannesburg and hopefully wherever you are listening to. And if the weather outside is terrible and you happen to be somewhere in a certain English-speaking country in Europe, whatever, um, I hope you're enjoying the weather inside your heart and stop looking outside the window. (laughs) So let's talk. Authentic. If you've been following the parshas the past two weeks, and you'll be following for the next few weeks, pretty much all the way till Rosh Hashanah and beyond, we're reading the fifth book of the Torah, the book of Devarim, with a wonderful English translation that almost nobody knows what it means, Deuteronomy. Amen. So Devarim is all spoken in first por- person, where Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe the sage, and the teacher, talks to the Jewish people. And a big part of the, of the book, specifically the first half, is Moshe sorry for using the word, berating and giving it over the head to the Jewish people about the lessons they should be learning from the mistakes they made over the 40 years in the desert with him as their leader. Why? This is Moshe Rabbeinu standing just before his passing. This is literally within the last five weeks of his life. It starts on the first day of the month of Shvat, sometime in the month of uh, January, February, and his last day alive, which is the end of the book, is the 7th of Adar, 37 days later, sometime in February, March. And what's he spending his last days with the Jewish people? One-fifth of the entire five books of Moses is those last five weeks. And what's he talking about? A big part of it is giving to the Jews over the head and let them learn the lessons. What's he trying to accomplish? What does he want? He's going to pass away anyway, and Yoshua, Joshua's son, will be taking over now. It's a new generation. He's finished his part. What's he trying to do? Why does he have to regurgitate the whole story of the the 
spies, and the story of the golden calf, and the story of Sinai, and whatever mistakes the Jewish people and good things that they did. What was he trying to do? And there are many answers, and one of the answers is that Moshe Rabbeinu, the the leader, the most beloved leader of the Jewish people, turns to his people and says, you're about to become truly free men. You're about to become citizens in your own country. You're about to go to the Holy Land and establish your own nation state, your own place, your own holy center. And the first thing you have to know is be true to yourself, be true to your story, be true to your background, and be true to who you are and what you come from. Because that's the only way to really be able to come free, to really embrace who we are. We see this so many times. Think about the Pesach Seder. You know, Pesach's already behind us, and now everyone's focusing on Rosh Hashanah and calling the secretary and making sure they get the right seats. But let's think about Pesach for a moment. You sit on the Passover night, and we sit around the table, and as the Haggadah begins, as the story begins, we start from the beginning. We start about... At the beginning, we were idolaters, we were pagans, and eventually we advanced, and Abraham came onto the map, and this struggle, and that struggle. And we, we start the story with a lot of downsides, and how we went to Egypt, and how we made mistakes, and how we turned into slaves, etc. Our lack of faith, our faith, God getting us involved, God taking us out. Why every year are we sitting down and sharing the story? And why do we have to read in the five books of Moses from the Bima, from the center of the synagogue, every single Sabbath? Why? Because we, to be a Jew, to be human, to be authentic means to embrace our story and learn its lessons, warts and all. One of the great arguments that people have that says, how do we know that the exodus happened, even though today more and more science is proving that the exodus happened, and I would recommend a great movie called Patterns of Evidence Exodus, um, that chronicle uh, that goes through the chronology of um, the exodus and shows many scientific proof that it had happened or could have happened. But one of the big proofs is why would anyone come up with a story that we started as slaves? Every other nation that came up with stories, whether true or not, it was all about incredible greatness, a, a child landing from, from heaven, um, you know, a werewolf turning into a human, God knows what else. Everyone with their stories and everyone with their legends. And here we're coming and saying, we were slaves. What kind of story is that? Because that is who we are. We're authentic. And every single year we go through the entire five books of Moses and a big portion of it is our mistakes. The mistakes of the people and mistakes of the leaders because that is the only way we can embrace the human condition. That's the only way we can embrace being truly authentic to ourselves. One of the hardest things that it is that that exists for us is to say, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. All too often, we we walk down the street putting up a plastic face, trying to project confidence and competence. And obviously, we don't have to sit there walking around, sobbing our eyes out and telling everyone all our tsars. But on the other hand, sometimes we go too much to the other extreme, where we try to project a a human being that isn't human. We don't struggle. We're never weak. 
We never fall apart. We never make mistakes. We never have weak moments. We never have embarrassing moments. We are competent. We are incredible. And then what do you do? You go on Facebook and you post all the pictures of you and your spouse smiling because officially that's what you do 24 hours a day. And you and your kids hugging and you're saying the greatest compliments about your kids, even though five minutes before you screamed at them to stop bothering you as you posted a post about them. To be authentic is to embrace we weren't born to be perfect. Let's support one another in the journey of being human, and that is to deal with our imperfections, to work on them, but to accept that tomorrow our imperfections will still be there and the challenges will still be there. And no matter which challenge we cross today, there will be another challenge within ourselves tomorrow. And that is the journey of life. Why is it that so many people explode or implode after having to hide who they are for so long? And by the time they have to share who they are, it's too late. They've overdosed. They've gone on drugs. They've done something so unauthentic simply because they couldn't embrace their challenges. A child who has learning disabilities, whatever it is, why is it wrong to be human? Why is it wrong to share faults? Obviously in the correct space. It's not about, it's not the platform right here at 1.35, you know, in the afternoon on Tuesday for me to start telling you all my sins. This isn't confession and I don't plan on doing that. However, in the right space, in the right mindset, with the right people, we should embrace our humanity. And we should allow others to embrace it with us. Unfortunately, so often people try to reach out to us and they try to be open and we instantly become judgmental. We give them the look. We almost love the fact that they're sharing their weaknesses and now we can be condescending towards them and we can pick ourselves up on their expense. How many times in our life has someone been looking for a listening ear? How many times in our life were we looking for a listening ear? And we reached out to a person and we tried to share something about ourselves and the person rejects us or we rejected them just by, you know, twinking with the eye, making something with the nose a smirk, whatever it is. And that moment we gave the, we didn't give the person the greatest gift. And that is pure acceptance here. Be human here in this space. When you talk to me, I'm allowing you to be human. It doesn't mean I'm going to condone what you did. If you did something wrong and it's my, it's, and you're, you allow me, I will tell you what is wrong, but I will not judge you. I will not think less of you when you tell me that you're human. How many of us are waiting for the next scandal to erupt about somebody that's powerful? That celebrity, we can't wait to read in the magazine the, the weakness they had. That powerful leader, that clergyman, whatever it is, let's wait until we can prove that they're not perfect. Why do we have to wait to prove they're not perfect? They are imperfect. Everyone's imperfect. Why do we expect people to be perfect and then get disappointed by their imperfections. Yes, there are certain imperfections that people are accountable for, but we should allow people to be imperfect because what's happening more and more is people are being scared of going into positions of leadership and impact because people will smash them down for their imperfections. But what do you want? A leader that is perfect? What do you want? A parent that is perfect? And you want to be raised by an angel? Really? How would that feel? Try to imagine, try to write a novel in your mind, try to use your imagination. How would it be to be raised by an angel? How would it be to be married to an angel? 
How would it be to raise an angel? We are humans and that is the journey and let's embrace the humanity within ourselves and the humanity within others with non-judgment. Non-judgment, let's be clear, does not mean I condone what you did wrong. If you did something wrong, you did something wrong and you're accountable. But it's not for me to look down at you now. I still have to look with you at you with eyes of love and acceptance and you are good enough to be God's child and my friend. If people felt that there, that we love them, if we felt that people love us regardless of what we do, we are deserving of unconditional love because God loves everyone unconditionally. So we in his image must follow him. If people felt that, depression would go down, suicide would go down, confusion would go down, and the, the, the people closing themselves in from being authentic to themselves would stop. We would embrace our humanity and realize it's okay. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the Torah is so explicit in the weaknesses of even the greatest people. You know, you read about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their wives, their children, the 12th tribe, selling their brother Joseph as a slave. And some of the stuff is is hard to digest. And yes, there's many commentaries that give explanations. But when you read the simple text, they're hard to accept. This is... This is jealousy, this is negativity, this is hatred. How can this be? Because that is human, and the Torah is written for human beings. The Torah is here for each and every one of us to take a lesson in our life, how to be incredible, not despite our humanity, but because of our humanity. How to be growing, and to build happy marriages, and be great parents, not despite our imperfections, but with our imperfections. And how to love one another, not despite the other person's weaknesses, but because they're human. We don't want to marry angels. We don't want to have friends who are angels. It's very intimidating. We are human, and we want to be embraced for our humanity, and let's do that for others as well. And on a day like today, when people are focusing on our country and what is good for our country, let's be true to ourselves and, and, and know that the best thing that a country or a society could do for one another is to love one another. Doesn't mean that we agree and we could disagree vehemently, but with kindness and with generosity of spirit and stop judging other people's motives, just looking at another person and saying, what you do might be right or wrong, but you're still worthy of dignity and love and respect under the, the law. Just before we go to a break, I see a comment that says, Hi, Rabbi, if you come to Pine Street, you will hear the Chazan sing this tune. And that's referring to Yaakov Shweki's Memkamcha from time to time. That's awesome. And I hope you really enjoy the Chazan over there. An incredible Chazan. And thank you for letting me know here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbrengan with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. So Jack dies and goes to heaven. Uh, this isn't a joke. This is a, a real story. Or rather, it's let's use our imagination. So Jack dies and comes to heaven. And after waiting in line in front of all the other people who died that same day and are getting judged, it comes his time and he sits in front of the high court. And he's asked to introduce himself. And he starts off saying, Jack the accountant. And the judge... God, whoever, turns to him and says, Jack, I didn't ask what you do. Who are you? So he says, I was a boxer. Jack, who are you? 
I died with 50 million rand in the bank. Jack, who are you? I was very popular. I won the Achievers Award. Jack, who are you? I used to get an aliyah every single Rosh Hashanah in my shul because I was a serious donor. Jack, who are you? I was a father. Great. But who are you? I was a husband. Great. But who are you? And just try to imagine the scene. Sorry for going long on this, but because I think it's important for us to imagine how many things we could define ourselves by. But ultimately, the only question that really counts is, who are you? Stories told about a person who shows up to a village and people never saw him before. And this was a village that was off the main road. People didn't show up there. And they turn to him and they say, who are you? And for the argument's sake, his name was David. See, David turns and says, who am I? My grandfather cooks for the queen. That's awesome. But who are you? He says, what are you talking about? My uncle owns the stock exchange. That's incredible. But who are you? Says, my father was the wealthiest man in town. That's fantastic. But who are you? And finally, all he could say is, I'm Dave the Drunk. Who are we is the only question that really counts in life. You can have all your celebrities down pat. You can know all the statistics about your favorite soccer player. You can know exactly how their leg works and how many goals they have and who they're married to and what's their height and what's their weight and what's their diet and who's their trainer and God knows what else and which team they moved from and which team they're moving to and how much money they lost and how much money they gained. And that's fantastic. But who are you? All too often we know so much about our politicians. But who are we? We know so much about Donald Trump. But who are we? Authenticity is to be able to look at ourselves and say, but who am I? Because all I am accountable for before God and before myself is to be true to my purpose. I, Levy, with my age, with my background, with my marriage, with my children, with my job, with my circumstances, with my friends, who am I and what is my role? That is all that counts in this world. I am not here to supervise your role. I'm not here to understand your role. I'm here to be true to my role. And if my role is to help you, then I'll have to be true to myself and do the best I can for you. But it's not my job to know all the statistics about my favorite soccer player while without knowing myself and without knowing my challenges and my gifts, without knowing my talents and what I need to work on. So many people walk through life without being aware of the toolbox that God has given them. What are you good at and what are you bad at? What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? What gets you excited? What depresses you? What kind of person are you? What kind of people do you like hanging out? How are you going to make the impact on this world? These are questions that no matter how many times we repeat them, they are forced to go deeper. And now we're entering, in a few weeks' time, we're entering the month of Elul, which is the month of reflection, followed by Rosh Hashanah, the new year, and Yom Kippur. It's a time to look inward, not in a self-obsession kind of way, but to say, am I true to my calling? 
Who am I? Why does God want me here? What does he want me here for? You know, there are so many journalists in our world, and journalism is extremely important for democracy. But all too often we become journalists of other people. We write about this politician or this businessman or this businesswoman. But how often are we journalists of our own lives? Do we know ourselves? Can we write an article not for others but for who we are and describe our challenges and our inner corruption and our weaknesses and our good days? And do we look at the end of the day and say, did I live true to myself today? Did I lose my temper? Did I talk with dignity to the people I care about and even the people I don't care about? Did I love? Did I make a positive impact in somebody's life? Did I eat healthy? Was I live, was I living true to my purpose in life? That is true journalism. The world needs journalists, but more importantly, the world needs seven billion people who are true to themselves. Because the more we sit there becoming journalists of other people's lives and not to ourselves, we have a world of unauthentic people. It's so nice to go on YouTube or to go on Facebook, as we mentioned earlier today, and tell everybody else how wrong they are and disagree with other people's opinion. But who are you? Stories told about a guy who never actually studied anything, but he was great at refuting. So every time someone would come into the house of study, he would have the perfect refute for everyone. And the story goes, he comes up to heaven and God turns to him and says, okay, who are you? He says, I'm a scholar. He says, great. If you're a scholar, tell me something. So he says, truth is, God, I've never come up with my own thoughts. But God, why don't you say something and I'll refute it? If that's our whole identity that we refute others, is that an identity? To disprove others, to see the weakness in others. Yes, it's important to hold power accountable, but more importantly, it's all ourselves accountable. It's so fantastic to go around and see the imperfections and cry about ISIS and cry about corruption. Yeah, but what about me? Am I the best me? Because we need 7 billion people who are best me's, not 7 billion people screaming at each other to become best. Because one thing we learn very quickly in life, you cannot change another person. Our goal in life is to change ourselves, to become the best person I could be. So when God asks us, who are you? You could say, I've lived the life that you wanted me to live. And God, that's enough. Because that's all God wants from us, for me to be true to me. With my strengths, with my weaknesses, with my background, that's all I have to live. I don't have to live your life. I don't have to dig into your life. I don't have to know your nonsense. It's not my problem unless you reach out and want me to help you. I have to be true to me. And that's authenticity. And that's MS. That's truth. The world does not need many more fighters of justice. Yes, there are many, and I'm not trying to be condescending to them. They play their role. The world needs people to look inward. To look into ourselves, to look into our marriage, to look into our kids and saying, are we, are we healthy? Are we raising healthy kids? Are we raising healthy societies? The problem is not out there. The problem is in. The problems that are in our control are are in our control, but it's so much easier to try to deal with problems outside our area of reference, our area of influence. But God doesn't need us to solve all the world's problems. Please, God, we will. But first and foremost, solve your own. Mend the relationship with your sibling that you haven't spoken to for four years. Build a healthier relationship with your child. Talk to your spouse with more dignity. Treat your employees or your employer like a mensch. Eat healthier. 
Fill your mind with knowledge. Take care of others. That is what God wants from us. And a world that does that is a world that's more than good enough. It's a perfect world. We all want to be the next Mandela or the next Gandhi. But what does God want from us? Because that's the only question that counts. What does he, with the capital H, what does he want from us? This is 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. I want to finish off the show with talking about my namesake. So my name is Levi Yitzchak, and I was named after the father of the Labar Rebbe who, who passed away in exile about 73 years ago, coming to Shabbos. Not about, it was 73 years ago, exactly, in 1944. And he died in the far east of Russia, in Kazakhstan. And the reason he ended up there was because in communist Russia, being religious and being true to oneself was a punishment. Was, sorry, punishable. Not a punishment, it was the greatest award, but it was punishable. And there he ended up spending his last few years in life in tremendous difficulty. His wife came to support him while he was in this place called Kastrama and eventually in Almaty, Kazakhstan. Tremendous difficulty. And his wife actually wrote a diary of their life together. His wife, thank God, eventually got out of Russia in 1946, 1947, and then she came to France and came to the United States. And the last few years of her life, she had the tremendous gift of seeing her son become the greatest Jewish leader of the time, the Lubavitcher Rebbe in New York. But he died in exile. And having been named after him many years after his death, I, I think about him often. And I ask myself, what, what's the lesson I have to learn from him? And there's so many lessons. He was a tremendous sage, a tremendous person, and a tremendous father. But in the spirit of what we're talking about today, one lesson I could learn from that individual is to be authentic, to stand up for our values, no matter the consequence. He ended up paying his life for his authenticity. But today there are tens of thousands of people named after him. His Torah and his wise words that he wrote in exile have been disseminated around the world and his impact through his son and through his um, wife and his other children is felt throughout the world. What we can learn from this individual whose yard side is this Shabbos, Chafav, to fight for truth, to fight for the right to say what we need to say in the, in the most wholesome and truthful way, to not be embarrassed, to not be afraid of the trolls, of the people who will attack us for our authenticity, because rather live a life of authenticity. One day of authenticity is worth so much more than a lifetime of falsehood. And I just want to finish off on this, you know, t- today is a day in South Africa, there's so much going on. I give a blessing for all of us that we should live in a world of authenticity, a world of truth, a world of positivity, and a world where we ask ourselves, what does God want from us? What's the right thing? Not what's the convenient thing? What will make the world a better place? What role do we have in this world? Because the only being we're accountable to is God. And if it means that we will become popular or unpopular, it's irrelevant. Because the only popularity that counts is the truth. To be popular with truth. Wishing us all a wonderful day. 
a wonderful week. May blessings pour on all of you and all of us. May the sun shine in positivity and warmth on this entire world. May our world achieve its healing. We finished the three weeks of mourning. We're now in the time of healing and leading up to a new fresh year in the Hebrew calendar. May we be blessed with the world of redemption, with the world of holiness, because that's true authenticity. When God will reveal himself in this world and no longer hide, a world where God's authenticity will be revealed, where God will no longer be a topic for philosophy debates, but will become more real than the fact that I'm talking to you right now. May it be in our time. May we all be blessed.